In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. We just heard this gospel that is called the Beatitudes, you know, blessed are you, blessed are they, you know, and Jesus is preaching this from the mountain uh, to the people. And there's one Beatitude that the Lord has, I think it's probably one of my favorite ones, and it's when Jesus says, blessed are the pure of heart, for they shall see God. And what does purity mean? You know, purity, the word itself comes from a Latin word, uh, named Puritas, which means to be single-hearted. And the Gospel or the Bible is very clear about, about that. You know, from the letter of St. James, we're told, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So the opposite of being single-hearted, which means that my heart is just devoted to one thing, is to really be double-minded. You know, Jesus even says it so many times in scriptures that you cannot serve God and the devil. You cannot serve two masters. And so to be double-minded, to be double-hearted, means that, yes, I love God, but then I also love this thing. I also love this sin. Or I also love doing this thing that is other than God. And so my heart is torn. And so ultimately, that's what it means to be impure is my heart is given to two different things, not to God alone, not to God first. You know, St. James also says, and this is really powerful, it comes from chapter 4 in his letter. He says, Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you men of double mind. Jesus gives us the greatest commandment. He says, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your mind, all of your soul. You know, Jesus doesn't say that you should love God on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and Sunday, but on Friday and Saturday, yeah, it's okay, go have fun, right? It's not what Jesus says. He says, love God with all of your heart, all of your mind, all of your soul. Jesus wants our all. And so... Today I want to preach about kind of a big issue that is really prevalent to everybody, you know, whether you're single, whether you're dating, whether you're married, whether you're a priest, whether you're a nun, it's a struggle for everybody, and that's purity, right? And it's not just a struggle for one type of person, it's a struggle for everyone, for all of us in this church, you know, whether we are finding freedom in that or we're not finding freedom in that. It's, it's there. And, and the devil is not powerful. The devil's not smart. Um, but he tries to break us with this um, very thing. Because it's what Jesus says. Blessed are the pure of heart, for they shall see God. The devil doesn't want us to see God. He doesn't want us to be close to God. And he knows that if he can tempt us to fall into impurity, whatever way that is, then it cuts me off from God and from really seeing Him and from really connecting with Him. And so purity is so, so important today. And I want to share uh, two saints that really inspire me to be pure. Uh, the first is St. Maria Goretti. Wow, this girl was, was holy. Uh, she was only 11 years old when she died. And... She was living with, you know, it was kind of like their neighbor or their friend at the time. It's kind of like back home. If you lived in Iraq, everybody lived in the same house, you know. 
And so Maria lived um, with kind of like their neighbor or their friend, and he was attracted to her. And so he wanted to have relations with her. And so he tried many times to do that, and there were times where he actually persisted. And so one time she told him, no, no. She's like, this is a sin. God forbids it. And if you do this, you will go to hell. And so what happens is he gets very angry that she said this. And he stabbed her 14 times. And so for 20 hours, St. Maria Goretti was literally bleeding to death. They couldn't save her. And so literally as she's on her deathbed, she goes, so she was asked if she forgave him. They asked her, do you forgive him? And she said, yes, for the love of Jesus, I forgive him and I want him to be with me in heaven. 11 years old, stabbed 14 times, and that's what she says about her murderer because she didn't want to give up her purity. You know, another story is St. Thomas Aquinas. This is probably one of my favorite ones because I can see Chaldeans doing this, okay? So St. Thomas Aquinas wanted to become a monk And so he went and joined this religious community and he had a real desire to just give his life to God, but his family was not having it, okay? And so his family was very rich and they had many different castles and things like that. And so his brothers went to arrest him because they didn't want him to become a monk. So they arrested him and they put him away in like one of their prisons. You know, in one of their castles they had a prison. And so they locked him away in this prison and they thought, you know, if we lock him away, maybe he's going to change his mind and he's not going to want to become a monk anymore. An entire year he was locked away. One year he was locked away in this prison and he did not change his mind. So his brothers became very frustrated. And so what do they do? They bring a prostitute and they throw her into the room with St. Thomas. And so St. Thomas goes and, you know, they didn't have electricity at this time. And so he takes a torch from the wall and he chases the prostitute out of the room. And he literally falls to his knees and tears. He thanks God for preserving him in his purity. I share these two stories because I don't think we fight enough for our own purity, honestly. I think we give in to our temptation too easily. And we think we fight because we pray the rosary or we go to adoration And we think that that's enough, and that's great, but it's not enough. You know, we really need to be fighting for this. And St. Paul says that you haven't fought to the point of shedding your blood. No one in this church has fought for their purity to the point of martyrdom, right? We're all still here. We're all still alive. And I say that because we need to fight more. And it's not about fighting harder, but it's about being smarter, with our temptations. I want to speak especially to those who are dating or who are in a relationship before marriage. It's very easy in that relationship to allow the devil to come in with this very sin. And I always think that a couple who makes good decisions together are going to be closer to each other and God is going to bring them closer to each other. But couples who sin together, what do you think is going to happen to that relationship? It's going to tear apart eventually. So that's very important that if you're in a relationship, you are fighting for for purity more than anything. I get that you love each other. I get that you want to spend the rest of your lives with each other. 
But it's not until marriage that that's meant to happen because it's the most intimate thing that God is giving. And we wonder why so many people are not married today because it's so easy just to go around and do what we want and not commit to a relationship anymore. We don't want to commit anymore. You know, I saw this so many times and it's just, it's so easy because the guy is getting everything he wants but he doesn't have to pay bills. He doesn't have to do anything. He doesn't have to commit to anything. And when that word marriage comes around, it's scary. No, sorry, I can't commit to that. But you've already given him everything. What happened to virginity? What happened to purity? We have St. Maria Goretti and St. Thomas Aquinas that literally, St. Maria gave her life for her purity. St. Thomas fought for his own purity because he wanted to give his life completely to God. Especially, and this is for younger people, you know, I think today, especially girls, once they put makeup on, they look like they're 25 years old. I don't know what's going on. You know, and this is just a word to the parents about, you know, when you send your kids to like homecoming or these like dances that they have in their school. I mean, are, have we forgotten like modesty? Have we forgotten just like what decency is? in our community because I see some of these pictures and these girls that are in these pictures I mean I'm thinking like 20 years ago if anyone left the house like that they would have had an ala right to their face before they walked out of the house but we've lost it because every other girl is dressing this way and how can I send my my daughter to school you know she's going to go to this dance and she's going to look like a nun right just because she's covered just because her dress is a little longer. This is what I mean by fighting for purity. We just give in to what the world thinks that we should be, but it's not about the world. It's not about what we desire, what we want. It's about what God wants. Purity is, is beautiful and it's so important. And why is it important? This is, this is the truth right here of why it's important. The more impure I am, the more selfish I am. Just think about that. Because the more that I'm fulfilling my own desires and my own pleasure, the more selfish I become. But the more pure I become, the more selfless I become. The more I'm able to love, the more courageous I become when I'm pure. And that's so true in the two stories that I just shared of St. Maria and St. Thomas. Look at their purity. Look at how it led them to love so much, to be courageous in their life. That's what we're called to. So just a couple of practical points of how we can fight. The first is we can't do it without Jesus, right? You know, St. Paul says in the letter a very important line of Scripture, and probably one of the most important. He says, at the name of, at the name of Jesus. See, the devil doesn't want me to say his name. <coughs> At the name of Jesus, every knee will bend. Those on the earth, those under the earth, and those above the earth. That means when the name of Jesus is said, even the demons in hell kneel. Even the demons in hell bow to the name of Jesus. Wow. And how often do I invoke that name when I'm tempted? Especially those who are in relationships. Don't be afraid to bring Jesus right into the temptation. We think like, no, it's Ab. How can I bring Jesus into this? Yes, bring Jesus into this. 
100% bring Jesus into this. That's the only way we win, is when he's there. A really important part of Jesus, I think of just all the garbage that we see in the world. Like, I personally have stopped watching Netflix and, and all of these shows because literally, it's like I can't watch a show without some type of scene, you know? And we don't realize how much just those little scenes affect us or trigger us. And so as much time as we spend on our eyes just staring at things, we need to spend time staring at the Eucharist, staring at Jesus, because he purifies us at the end of the day. He gives us that freedom and that purity. Uh, Mary, St. Joseph, and the saints are huge, huge for us in our battle for purity. You know, I would encourage, I always keep a rosary on me. It's always in my pocket because I know how powerful the rosary is. And I personally just started wearing a scapular. I never used to wear one, but I've been growing in my relationship to the Blessed Mother, and I really felt like she was asking me to do this, and so I started wearing a scapular. And honestly, I feel a difference in my life from just doing that. The Blessed Mother is so powerful, and so we need to invoke her. Uh, keep a rosary in your bedroom, underneath your pillow even, um, with you at all times. And I don't think a lot of people have thought of this, but if you have a loved one who was very holy and they passed away, ask for their prayers. Think about that. If someone who was very holy and, and we saw them in our lives, and maybe it's some of your parents uh, who dedicated their lives to God and they passed away, we need to be asking for their prayers, especially if they're in purgatory, because they can't pray for, any, they can't pray for themselves. They can only pray for other people. And so to be asking for their prayers, I do that. I ask my grandparents, I ask people who I knew who are very holy and have, have passed away, I ask for their prayers because they can see, they know what's happening. And they can go straight to Jesus and beg him on behalf of us. What an amazing way to pray. I think accountability is a big part. You know, going to confession is very important. Going to confession is huge, but don't cover up your sin, please. Okay, I'm going to give some examples. So when you come to confession and you say that you did bad things, I don't know what that means, okay? Because either you killed someone or you said a swear word, okay? So I have a very hard time understanding what bad things means, okay? Don't be afraid to be completely open and honest in confession, you know? You're not going to tell the priest anything he hasn't heard. And I always heard that before I was a priest, and it's so funny because I was like, man, am I really going to hear everything in confession? And after a year of priesthood, I heard everything, okay? So nothing shocks a priest, right? What shocks me is people who are not sorry. That's what shocks me. is people who come to confession and they confess their sin, but it's just like Adi, right? It's just like anything else. And it's like, are you sorry for your sin? Like, do you have a desire to change this? That's what shocks me. There was actually um, an American priest who heard confessions during Lent, you know, that we, you know how we have those confession services during Lent and, and Christmas. And so an American priest, he came to the Chaldean church and he was hearing confessions. And if you've ever been to our confession times, like during Lent or Christmas, it's crazy, right? The lines are packed. There's so many people here. So this American priest was hearing confessions. And so a Chaldean priest, you know, went and asked him, like, thank you so much. How did it go? And, you know, we can't share anyone's sins from confession. But he literally said, he's like, I'm very shocked 
at how your people don't really see the reality of their sin. Right? Like, they come to confession, but they don't really know what they're doing is really that bad, is really that wrong. Because the more we sin, especially the more we fall into impurity, the more numb we become to this. It's like it's nothing. And that's what the devil wants. He wants us to think, it's nothing. Just go to confession, you'll be fine. Fall, go to confession. Fall, go to confession. And so I urge you, be open in confession, be honest in confession, but be sorry for your sins. And the last thing is just guard your heart. Stop blaming the devil for your sin when he's not the one to blame, when it's really ourselves. Think about people who go to Miami and Vegas, right? These shaytane places, okay? And we wonder why we, we're tempted, right? We wonder why we fall into lust or we fall into impurity. Like, like why? You went to Sin City, you know? Like, what did you think was going to happen? And so oftentimes in our sin, we just want to blame the devil. Oh, the devil made me fall. The devil tempted me. The devil made me sin. No, you made yourself sin. You made yourself fall. Don't give the devil more credit than he deserves. Because he's not that powerful. He really isn't. And so it's really important that we're paying attention to where we're going, what we're reading, what we're watching. These are so important, my brothers and sisters, because it's going to determine our purity or our impurity. Simply that. Jesus wants us to be loving and Jesus wants us to be courageous and Jesus wants us to see him. But we can only do that if we're pure. Blessed are the pure of heart for they shall see God. And so let's fight for our purity because it is worth it. Amen.